Thank you for joining uh, San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. Uh, my name is Harry. Uh, joining me tonight is Rafa. Uh, Royce will be back with us on Sunday morning uh, when we go over the RGV match. Uh, but with the, unfortunately, uh, horrific event uh, that took place this week uh, near San Antonio and Uvalde, uh, figure our initial thoughts this week uh, will be... Um, on that, uh, just, you know, it hits close to home. Um, and you know, if, if you'll pardon, uh, pardon us, you know, we'll share a little bit about our thoughts on it. Uh, you know, we'll try to, you know, try to keep it. It's political. Um, not uh, somebody that's going to say it's not political because it is political at this point. Uh, you know, there's, there's no other way to discuss it. Um, but, um, as a father, um, uh, two kids uh, that go to high school, uh, well, middle school, next year will be high school. Uh, I was in Colorado and in Denver when Columbine happened. Uh, I remember I left work. I still remember it like yesterday. Uh, we left work early and on sports station, everything was all, all about the Columbine uh, shooting at that point. And that was 20 some years ago uh, before I had married Monica. You know, we hadn't even moved to Texas at that point my biggest frustration at this point is we, we got to do something. Um, I don't care what it is. It's, you know, it's not the doors as, as Senator Ted Cruz is trying to say part of its mental health, part of its guns, but there's gotta be a start somewhere. Um, we had Sandy hook, you know, we've lost what 19, 18, 19 kids here to, to, uh, to, uh, teachers, um, had a gentleman that passed away cause his wife was unfortunately killed of a sudden heart, heart attack, you know, for that here. And they'd been married 20 years, approximately just that community, you know, you know, it's, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're close to that community. Rafa can probably talk to a little bit more about it. I grew up in a small town, um, probably a little bit smaller than Uvalde. Uh, you know, everybody, everybody knows you, everybody knows your business, you know, People probably, you know, don't have the doors locked at night just because you don't think of, unfortunately, shit like that happening. Um, and when it does, it's going to devastate the community. Um, it's going to take time. It's going to take a, a lot of time, um, you know, for these families to recover. And I'm not even talking about financially, just the mental aspect of it. Um, but... Uh, Rafa, I'll let you uh, say your part here, and we might have a little bit of a discussion, mm -hmm. you know, just just on it here. But uh, your thoughts? I know you, you know, you grew up on, I believe, on the other side uh, of Uvalde, um, down in Del Rio or that area, mm -hmm. I believe. So your yeah. thoughts, because uh, you know, I'm assuming Uvalde and Del Valley, or not Del Del Rio, uh, probably very similar similar in makeup. Just a, well, it was a little smaller, but before I start, I, I guess I just want to send condolences to all the families and you know the school, the well, the town itself. You know, you know, I have two aunts that live in Ovalde, and, you know, and you know that was when I saw the reporters. That was my concern about you know their safety. Hopefully, it wasn't around their neighborhood. And uh, but like I said, just want to start all condolences to them, prayers for them. Um, uh, just the situation, you know, knowing Uvalde, Uvalde is a tight community um, that I, you know, I, I know about. Uh, it's a great little town. 
Um, <laughs> need to move back. Uh, we'll discuss that later. <laughs> later time. <laughs> I, I think I know. I think I think it has to do with the soccer team in my alma mater. But that's another discussion there. But no. But like I said, the focus here. Like I said, I, you know, when I saw this, and, you know, I, I was very. It just I was felt very disheartened about it. You know, because just knowing the community and you know we covered a vol like this year i covered a volley's girl soccer team mm -hmm. when they played bernie and so forth and you know they're they're it's they're great the great people there's some great people there and it's just for this to happen to them you know it's just you know it's just mind-boggling you know especially you know just in our kind of like in our backyard and um you know just the situation it was in um like i said i have a a younger brother that works as a school district cop in Dorio, and you know, you're worried about, you know, can he, you know, you know, if he's going to be in a situation and I have a niece that's 11 years old, and I worried about that too. And and I think, you know, not getting into, into politics and stuff like that. I think I think one thing we do need to come together as one and be progressive and make make some common sense changes. I, mm -hmm. I think. If we can do some common sense changes, you know, things will be better. And, you know, we're not trying to infringe in people's rights because, like I said, I taught U.S. history. I know everything about the Constitution. So <laughs> if wants to get a debate, I'll, like I said, I, I know my stuff. So, like I said, my kids had a 94% passing rate on the on the tax <laughs> before it left my last year teaching. So, um you know, it, you know, it's nothing about infringing on that. I think it's just comes back to the common sense. I think, you know, times have evolved. We're, we're living in different times. And I know the throw the mental health stuff and this and that. That's not just part of it. There's, there's more, there's something deeper than this that's causing this. Um, but also the access to certain things and, you know, and, and, I think I think our government officials need to kind of open their eyes and see, you know, what can we do to prevent this, you know, and see what, you know, what 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 you know, what can we figure out how how to do better protection? And I've heard things like, oh, well, we need more teachers with guns and more security and all that. But being in the education side in the past, it's really not going to make any changes. I, I think there's other solutions and that can be better and, you know, but also bring the communities together to work one with one another. So, you know, like I said, it's, it's a tragedy and I'm hoping, you know, it's going to take a long time for them to, to get over this, but especially when you lose a child and, you know, I, I can, I can only imagine, you know, and I, and I can say like, I can imagine that, you know, it, you lose a part of your soul. And, and that's something that, I, I feel for the people over there, you know, all the, you know, all the victims and so forth. And, and like I said, just like I said, my prayers are out for them. And, but like I said, we're going to persevere. We're going to get through this, but we all need to, like I said, the common denominator is we all need to come together and, and be progressive and find a way to start preventing these things and, and, and move forward to and that way. Our kids are there feel safe because they should be feel safe going to school. You know, it's her ed education and so forth. But I'm sure a lot of these kids are having anxiety. Like I said, we had some school districts here you yeah. know, that decided, hey, you know, you're not going to have a backpack or we're going to finish the year earlier. 
or taking more precautions at graduations and so forth, you know, and, you know, they're not taking in any risks of, for allowing this. So, like I say, everybody's on kind of like on high alert. So, but hopefully, like I said, hopefully we can get through this. And like I said, our, my prayers are going to be with them. And, you know, we, we just got to move forward and be, and be better. And, and I'll add, I grew up in a small town. I grew up in the country. I grew up around guns. I had family members that were law enforcement. And the story that's coming out, it doesn't make sense to the average person. Mm -hmm. And I hope uh, and pray um, that the community can get the right answers, get the truth, whatever the truth is, because it's going to come out. There's just this isn't going away. Just come out, be upfront. What happened with it? I don't. The part of the story that I don't understand that frustrates me is the thirty to forty-five minutes to an hour before they went in and and engaged, uh, you know, with, with with the shooter after going through. It you may not have saved the, these kids here. Um, you know, it may have. Who 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 knows? But for the public to be able to move forward and for us to start having more trust and to be able to have these discussions, we've got to have the truth, no matter what the truth is, you know, you know, if, if unfortunately a police officer, you know, um, made a mistake, you know, whatever the situation is, get ahead of it. Don't, they're already changing the stories. Um, if, 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 if Texas can't do it, have, have, you know, have a third party coming in, New Mexico, El pa uh, New Mexico, you know, mm -hmm. Oklahoma, you know, the federal government, have somebody come in that can uh, do an yeah. independent, independent review to figure out how did this how We know how it happened, but how could have it been, 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 how could we have cut down that time to wait? it's horrible to see the videos of family members wanting to go in and being restrained by the police and the police not going in. If, if a 18 year old is able to go in and buy a weapon that can outgun the local police department that gets a huge amount of the budget, then that's, that's, that's a discussion we have to have. And, and I'm not saying take away guns. That's not what I'm saying. I'm, you know, I'm a firm believer, you know, hey, background checks, mental health checks, education, you know, to me, I grew up, I, you know, was taught to respect the gun. And I don't believe that that to be the case nowadays. I don't, I don't think, I don't think people or, or pardon me, I don't think some people don't respect, you know, what, what, what the gun and the capabilities that it can do. Um, and until as a society, we can get back to teaching, you know, respect, education along those lines. This is gonna be responsibility too. Yeah, responsibility. And, and to me, you've got both parties, and this is both Republican and mm -hmm. Democrats. You can't be on extremes on this side here. Come together and say, okay, hey, we'll pass background checks. At least do something. Now this guy passed a background check. It wouldn't, it wouldn't prevent. You're not going to prevent these a hundred percent. 
just like you don't prevent DUIs, just like you don't pre you know prevent anything. But to just throw your hands up in the air and say, hey, you know, we disagree, we can't do anything. You're, you know, you're, it's just a circle. It, it, it doesn't make sense. And I can tell you this, the American public is getting fed up with this. You, 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 as a society, we cannot keep going through this every two, three months. And, and it wasn't even months this time. It was weeks. Um, but there's all this, like I said, there's too much. Def, there's like a playbook of deflection by certain groups. Yes. That it, it's, it's, it's both sides. It's, it's I'm not, and, and, yeah. And it needs to be. And one of the interesting things I, I kind of read, there's a article I read, you know, from tech, you know, from studies from Texas State University. Like I have a criminal justice degree, so I understand how law enforcement works, you know. And I read they did a study about as far as how, how about armed guards at schools. Do they even prevent shootings? And the, and the shocking thing is it, it hasn't. It's actually increased. And when you do, re, you know, research like that and that kind of kind of sets a light bulb and say, hey, OK, if this isn't working, we need to do something else. And and like I said, we need to come together, be progressive, progressive. And be have some common sense on certain of these things, you know. Yes, he passed that, that background check, you know. But let's say, hey, you know, you need to do, you know, if if if, if you know, if even a student that goes a driver's license has to take a test mm -hmm. and pass it. So is, is the same thing. You should do the same thing when it comes to weapons. You know, take the test, see if you can pass pass it. Show responsibility. Show you know, okay, can you respect it? I said there should be nothing, you know. I don't think this should be an issue for that, you know, and also even taking it's kind of even like with, with, with coaching soccer, you know, I had to take licensed courses to coach club, you know, if I want to get better and I'm going to, or I want to learn more and how to work with players and this and that, I had to get educated. There's nothing wrong with doing stuff like that. And, and like I said, it's not going to always prevent everything, you know, certain situations, but at least it can minimize, um, you know, some of these, you know, situations and then, and we can hopefully, you know, be able to pinpoint who actually has, can be responsible holding, you know, a weapon and who, and who can't. So, you know, and, that, and like I said, if, you know, I think lawmakers really kind of have to buck up and, and, and get, and get something done. And I, I think, I think, I think the president kind of made a, a good point. It's like, you know, when is when is it enough? You know, enough's enough. You know, we need to, regardless of who we left or right, we need to come together and fix this because it is it is broken. So there's no easy way to transition um, uh, this here. And like I said here, I'm sure probably at the end of the show, we'll we'll give our final thoughts and thoughts and prayers to Uvalde again here. But uh, moving on, um, unfortunately, COVID's back. <laughs> <laughs> Never really went anywhere, but, uh, it, you know, it, it's unfortunately back. Uh, San Antonio FC Colorado Springs match was canceled this past week. Uh, the Colorado Springs match the week before was canceled. Uh, Phoenix Rising, New Mexico was kind of canceled. And, and I won't lie, uh, Phoenix was kind of done dirty. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, that was Tulsa, a cheap New Mexico win. was canceled. Um, so... 
we're back, man. <laughs> too too much party in Miami, I guess, or something. <laughs> After that one, <laughs> uh, something happened. So, but I'm glad our players are, are back, you know, and they're they're all right and so forth. But I mean, I was really looking forward for this game, and mm-hmm. I'm just hope I'm just kind of you know, depending where this game, this reschedule, this game is is, is going to be key because we, you know, hopefully they don't put it within that's going to really kind of stretch out our team. And, you know, we're barely kind of getting healthy again. And, you know, could it be a blessing in disguise? That's you know, the one blessing about it is it gave the guys a week off after mm-hmm. a pretty travel. And, you know, I kind of made a joke uh, that uh, hitting Arizona, Texas, you know, where we reside, but went to Houston and Florida, uh, the trifecta, you know, if, if a team's going to hit COVID, you've got three of the, States that don't give a crap about COVID, we'll say, as far as uh, it, it seems like, you know, for much of the society. Um, just keep washing your hands. If you're inside for long periods of times, especially with people you don't know, wear a mask. Uh, the place where I work, um, you know, and I work from home, but, you know, some of the trainers, it's going around. It's going around bad. You know, one of the trainers that I got COVID, she went out, you know, with a, you know, a function um, for work and, you know, some and ended up catching it. And um, I saw somebody, you know, that I'm friends with online uh, that their father, unfortunately, passed away uh, from COVID. So I know this isn't a great way to start the show, but... <laughs> Uh, those are the topics we have uh, to, to start out with. But so San Antonio FC, uh, we'll see when they rescheduled it. They haven't announced it as of yet. Um, good news for San Antonio FC, I guess you could say, is nobody's really uh, – hold on, let me pull up the standings here. Nobody's really uh, moved a whole lot uh, in, in, in the Western standings. Uh, San Antonio and Colorado Springs still tied at 24 points. Uh, San Diego Loyal went down to Edinburgh and took a 2-1 loss. Uh, controversial on whether that second goal uh, crossed or not, but... Uh, hey, we'll take it. <laughs> per Edson Ochoa, you know, the AR is the one that called it. He was on the goal line, um, so it went. Rising's lost back-to-back games, uh, Tampa Bay routing on May 15th. Uh, and then, um, you know, the, the debacle that was in New Mexico where they won 7-0, where it was basically academy kids playing against the starting 11 for New Mexico. El Paso's fifth at uh, 17 points. Uh, New Mexico United uh, uh, back-to-back wins over Charleston and... Uh, New, uh, uh, Phoenix at 16 points. Um, and then, you know, seventh is Las Vegas at 16. RGV's at 15. Sacramento's at 15. LA Galaxy's at 14. And, you know, Oakland Roots at, at, at 13. Uh, probably the biggest upset. Uh, Monterey Bay went to Louisville City, the Fighting Sam Gleedles, and got a 2-0 win over there. So... <laughs> so good news bad news safc didn't wasn't playing looking at the table results might have been a good thing <laughs> so yeah uh they didn't you know the you know, goes now they've got you know game in hand you know one to two games in hand on most people uh, that's below them on the standings 
Uh, switchbacks do have nine games played. We played 10. Uh, so, you know, there's still lots of season. It's early. Um, only team that's ahead of us point-wise is Memphis at, at 11 games, and, and they're on a roll, and, and they're going to pick up most likely another dub this weekend playing Atlanta United 2. So it's, uh, you know, for 10 games in-ish, uh, and I know we talked about it the last time, you know, San Antonio is in a good position. Standing-wise, uh, being off didn't impact them at all. In fact, probably gave them a little bit more breathing room. I think the rest was needed. I think we were just. I think. I think you can tell in that Miami game where we're kind of, you know, you know, we, we dominated the, the the first half, but the second half, you can tell it. Their legs were kind of getting under them a little bit from all the travel. So moving on uh, to some player news, uh, Rafa. I think somebody was listening to the show. <laughs> I think so. I think we talked about our, our player death. Hey, we need to get some players. Guess what? We got two. <laughs> and we got a familiar one, too. We got Nacho back. So your thoughts on Nacho coming back and what that uh, means? This is a big score for us. Now Now we have four forwards, I guess, when Pacino comes back. We have four forwards that can put the ball in the net. And just at him being a change of pace, plus he's got that rocket lit foot that we're kind of missing. He likes shooting from the ball from the outside. I think we're missing that, too. This is this is a great pickup, you know. So, no rush now, really, for Patino, you know, just to get as long as we get him 100%. Hey, we got Nacho there, and also it's going to give also, um, you know, Collier and and um, and Dylan some time off too because they they've been working their butts off. They, they've been playing a lot of minutes, so not Nacho, you know, is a good change of pace. He's going to help, you know, keep keep numb, keep them fresh and. You know, now we have some depth up for up front. So, you know, kind of pick your poison now, like which which four combination you want, you know, with, with the four that we have. And from uh, Kevin Bass, part of the SAFC uh, com- communication team here, uh, Bologna, you know, appeared in all 17 matches in 2020, uh, played 657 minutes, had three goals, three assists. Um, and last year he played in 10 matches for HNK, Cybernek in the Croatian first, uh, you know, first uh, football league here. So I'm not sure how that compares uh, to, uh, you know, to uh, to uh, USL, but um, we needed depth at, at forward. That was one of the positions that that we asked for, and you also asked for. Uh, you know, more uh, assistance on the defense. Now, I'm not sure if this is who you had in mind. Uh, Jordy DeLem, uh, you know, signed from uh, the Seattle Sounders uh, for that here. He has 116 appearances uh, professionally, only one goal, uh, one assist, but over 3,700 minutes in MLS, 71 starts. Uh, he is coming off of a ACL uh, injury uh, for that here, and that's uh, why he hasn't uh, played. He has been practicing, though, with uh, Seattle um, for that here. Um, I reached out to a couple of buddies that, that I have out in um, out in, uh, in uh, the Seattle area that covers them. They were kind of surprised he went with San Antonio FC and not, uh, re- not re-signed with the Sounders, but, you know, I think if he, I think he signed with us, knowing that he could get playing time. Mm-hmm. 
but the question is, is where do you see him playing? Because he's, from all intents and purposes, um, defensive, uh, mid, uh, was it right back or left back? I forget which one uh, that he... Uh, right back. Um, and he's also played a little bit on center back. So as far as versatility, uh, and a Alan Marcina player for sure. Yeah. He brings a lot. I mean, all that experience and, and then he's like, like a switchblade knife. <laughs> he can probably go anywhere, which is great because I know, I know our, our defense is playing a lot, a lot of minutes. I know Garcia, Tainer. Um, so this was a great pickup. Because we, you know, now with you know with Manley down right now, you know we were kind of a little thin on the on the, on the defensive side. So this is a good pickup. So if we play, I'm not saying he starts. I, I don't think he starts, but he comes in, you know, or he plays maybe, you know, if we play some of those cream, I don't want to say cream puff teams in the USL, but I think he starts. I mean. You can do it with any combination because the starting three that we have with with Kamiri, Tainer, and Garcia. Well, he won't be on the back line. I think he starts in Manley's on position. the wing on the outside. Yeah. yeah, so that that's a possibility. So you know that's that's just a great great uh, pickup. So and then we're putting the right. That's the thing with um, uh, <laughs> we're putting the right pieces together. And, and I think I think we're still missing maybe one more piece. But I, th- I think Marcino's kind of, and I have a feeling where the area we're going to add that. I think it's more going to be with the attacking mid. I know we have Nikki and I know we have Laurel, but we may need we may need uh someone, especially if we go during down the into the season and even in the playoffs, we may need someone that has the experience that can kind of create uh chances and and because we've noticed in our fourth, I think that's David Laurel and Nikki Hernandez. Yeah. but we still and need still got Beckford too. Yeah. So I, I, with bringing Nacho back, you got to think Patino is going to get healthy at some point. No. So we may go end up going back to that 3 4 3, you know, or I mean, or we can still stay with the 3 5 2. So Marcina is going to have different combinations and, um, Robert, they're not going to add Piranha. No, he's on vacation. He's enjoying the Mediterranean right now. Just because the season ends, he's got to, you know, and you're not the only person that's done that. He's got to take some time to rest to get ready for the new season. So as much as I'd love to see Piranha back, no chance. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's living it up there somewhere on some beach in the Mediterranean right now. <laughs> but uh, I think maybe we could maybe see another signing, depending on, you know, injuries and so forth. But I think now I think we're solidified, you know, and then we're also, like I said, we're close to being hundred percent. So I, I think now it's going to be really interesting because we're now we have a really deep, talented team. We actually have depth and, you know, what's, I, I think the other teams are going to be kind of like, Oh, you know, they're going to be kind of afraid of us because we're getting the right people in the right spots that we're kind of had holes in. You know, like I said, I think Martinez is going to be like, "Hey, pick your, you know, we're going to pick our poison here, you know, in any combination that we have." So, it's it's a great, it's I think it's a good balance of experience and youth, and 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 I think that's going to take us far, you know, deep into the playoffs again. Hopefully, we can, like I said, hopefully maybe this year we finally punch through and get to the final. So, and this is you know, and and thank you to San Antonio FC communication team and, mm-hmm. and Kevin Bass here. 
San Antonio FC has opened the season with a different starting 11 in each of the first 10 matches, winning eight of the 10 and using 17 different players. The only position to remain unchanged has been Mitchell Tanner. Is yeah. that, you, in my opinion, you don't normally see that in a team in a team that's in first place, especially at this level. Now you could maybe yeah. see Man City, Real uh, Real Madrid, you know, you know PSG, maybe where you've got all that depth and that star talent. Bayern Munich, Bayern Munich, where you ha- but you have more consistency in in your lineup, and at this point, San Antonio FC has not has not had that consistency due to injuries. You know, part of it's due to player additions coming in and out. You know, along those lines, and I'm sure Marcina is still tinkering a little bit. I guess you can say because. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know we're, we're off to a good start, but I don't believe Marcina thinks that we've played the best, um, to our ability as of yet. And I think part of that falls on the offensive side and, you know, like I said, you know, you know, if Royce was here, you know, he'd be singing the praises of, of Collier and Dylan, you know, for that here, but you've, especially as it's getting warmer, You've got to have that depth, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because you can't keep running them out. Running to me, the, and you you may be able to answer this better than I can. I don't think Dylan and Collier are the types of players that can play ninety minutes each game for no. thirty plus thirty plus games. No, and that's why, and that's why they brought in Nacho for that. So maybe pair him up with 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 Patino, because you can put those two in in the sixtieth minute if you need to generate offense and so forth or you really want to and the one thing is that they both of them have speed and that's and that's the thing where we're kind of lacking with not saying that dylan's like i said dylan has improved some little bit of speed but he's not you know he doesn't run like a deer like you know kind of like what patini does or like you know or Lorera. but still you know the the great thing is you know we're winning games on on you know, on lineups that expect or not, you know, and we haven't had that. I don't think we had the same lineup the last few games. Or mm-hmm. we got to figure out how many, how many different lineups have we had this this season for all the games, even even, even the cup games too. So, um, but the thing is, we we need an out of the depth, and and I think these are two two key signings that are going to help us and and move forward. And hopefully, like I said, once once we're one hundred percent. Um, injury free, the other teams are gonna hot styles are gonna start hitting the panic button because they're like, okay, now, now let's play. Now, I don't think we, I don't think we've reached our full potential yet, but we're going to. So, and that's the scary part about going later into the season. Yeah, it's speaking of that, Copa Teos. And with what's going on in Uvalde, we haven't had the normal buildup you know, between RGV and uh, SAFC for obvious reasons. Um, uh, I'm hoping that pre-match or during the match at some point that SAFC and RGV will come together uh, arm in arms uh, and not just you know come together intermix between the two. 
um, you know, at the center circle, uh, you know, whether it's the 18th minute, 15 minutes, you know, or pregame, however that they're, however they're going to do it. Um, I would expect to see that. Um, I would love to see the Crocketeers and the Stampede or the traveling supporters, uh, you know, stand together uh, either at that, you know, you know, at, you know, as well uh, for that moment. Um, we'll see if it happens or not. You know, I know there's a bus that's going down. Uh, I believe Robert and I will be on it with AJ. Uh, so that should be uh, exciting uh, for that here. So thoughts on RGV part two. And this one counts. Uh, first one uh, for Cape Copa Tejas did not count. This one does. Uh, <laughs> well, it's it's an uneven uneven match, and, and I, I understand why why they didn't do it. Uh, previous match uh, was a two one win in RGV on on March twenty seventh. Uh, for that here, uh, Collier got the got us on the board uh, uh, in the thirty fourth minute. Uh, Dylan Brozak uh, equaled it up right before half in the forty fourth, and then San Antonio equaled almost immediately uh, by David Lorera. Um, on there in the 45th minute. And then in the second half, it just kind of, you know, it, you know, played out uh, how San Antonio C does. Um, as we know, HEB Park's not an easy place to play, um, as San Diego uh, found out and a lot of other teams. Uh, San Antonio seems to have success down there, uh, at least recently. Uh, Robert's going to be driving the bus. That's why the checks decided to pass uh, for it here. <laughs> hey, Robert, you know, if you're driving the bus, that means you can't be drinking. So think about it. Yeah. There goes his long star there. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be an interesting game Game coming up. Um, I know, I know I'm know. i sure they're going to try to make – well, that's a, here's the thing. Can, can RGV make an adjustment, especially the – because they're not going to know what lineup we're going to put out there. And – and they they're they've been I don't think they've have the, I don't know if they've been hit by their injury bug, but I, I've kind of seen their lineups been kind of a little consistent. But you know how how are they going to prepare? Because you know now that we we saw that Loreo wasn't on the injury list, you know now that changes things. And then also now with Nacho, but you know probably coming in, um, it's going to be it's going. And then I think Nick, well Nicky Hernandez should be is going to be back. His that thing Nicky Hernandez didn't play the last game. Right. And so he's going to be a factor. And we don't know if they're going to be playing this game, to be yeah. fair. Just because they're not on the injury list doesn't necessarily mean that they're yeah. going to be back um, for that here. I will say Tyler, or uh, their starting goalkeeper, Miller, uh, went out with an injury uh, against San Diego. Tyler Derrick came in. So it's, you know, they've got quality goalkeeper there. Um, Eric Pimentel uh, is back compared to the first time. The problem with RGV um, in listening with down in, in the valley is number one, they're very thin up top um, on the attacking side. Um, it's really still Frank Lo uh, Lopez. Uh, That's all they have. <laughs> and, and congratulations to Frank on a hundred USL championship uh, appearances, and, and some of those came in San Antonio. So congratulations to Frank Lopez on that. Um, Borazak is, is, is a guy, Coronado and Yukaza, um, you know, sort of, so they do have some talent. I just don't know. And, and this isn't the only time that that's happened when teams press them, especially on their back line, 
they tend to make make mistakes. We saw that with what Maloney um, mm-hmm. on that first goal there, where where they pressed them. Um, I know RGB argues, you know, hey, there might you know possibly have been a foul. You mm-hmm. know, uh, it wasn't called. Just like they got the benefit of a goal going in that <laughs> may not have been going in. So we'll we'll just we'll call that even uh, <laughs> for that here. Um, it'll it'll just. I think these two teams know each other. Um, whether you know what the pieces are, I don't know if that really matters. Just because with San Antonio, you know they're going to press. Mm-hmm. RGV is going to try to press. Um, RGV will have the ball more. Um, and I think you know it's been proven so far this year. If if San Antonio scores, they win. It's yeah. you know it's you know you know yes they allowed one goal to. Uh, RGV, um, but generally speaking, if San Antonio scores, they're they're going to win. So <clears throat> I won't say I'm not worried about this game, um, but just... I think I think I would have been more worried about playing the Colorado game. Let's say we had won that game, and then we got a letdown at RGV, and I I think maybe this not playing that game was probably a blessing. Because now we have we'll have a team that's going to be focused playing down there, and yeah. now that we have some pieces back, you know we may, we're probably going to give them even more problems, especially on the midfield and, and up top. So uh, I, I think I, and it's a, it's a tough place to play, but I, I think we have enough to to we got to score first. That's the main thing. We got to get a lead because our RGV doesn't play really well, you know, down down when they're down. And, and I think we we've done really well keeping leads and so forth. So that's that's going to be the key this Saturday. Yeah, Robert points it out. It's a huge pitch and windy, and that that is the referees. That's a U.S. That's that's a U.S. referee so, situation. Um, you know, depends on the, the who the referee is. There are some great referees in USL, and there are some that. You know, Rafa, you know, they need to read it. You take the test. (laughs) (laughs) I wish you were on the pitch. So, uh, but to me, like I said here, uh, I know the Croc Tears have a, or pardon me, the Croc Tears running a bus. I know SAFC has a watch party. Um, You know, it'll be on ESPN Plus. You know, if you can make it down there, you know, go down and support. Um, I don't believe it's a full bus as of yet uh, for that here, but I'll, I'll be excited to kind of see how, how it works out uh, uh, for that here. And, you know, I know me and AJ are going down on the bus. So uh, that uh, Sunday morning recap, uh, Rafa, Rafa may be having a, a long night, you know, depending on how another game goes uh, <laughs> for that here. <laughs> Royce, <laughs> Royce, uh, you know, I'm sure he's dealing with family, but he'll be watching uh, the games and through here. I'll probably be stumbling in because the bus doesn't get back to 132 ish, and they're, you know, it's going to be parked, you know, down at uh, Alamo Beer uh, for that here. So uh, to be able to go from downtown to here, so you're figuring what two, two thirty three ish before. Uh, uh, before uh, uh, we do it, we'll have to do the brunch episode. Yeah, brunch episode, Robert. Roberts, I got the beer. 
you know, going down, Robert, you got the beer. Uh, I'll get you a ride home. Uh, you know, if you, if you need a ride home, uh, from the bus here, you know, at that time here. So that way you don't have to Uber back if you'd like. So, uh, but should be a fun night. Um, it'll be and just like doing this show. It'll be hard to not think about Uvalde and, and along those lines with these two Texas teams that, um, I'm sure, you know, the teams itself may not know specifically people in uh, in Uvalde, but you know, I guarantee, you know, the community down in Edinburgh and in and, and RGV Valley, um, just like here in San Antonio, know, you know, has family over in Uvalde to to where uh, it will it it will hopefully it'll be right. You know, I'll just leave it at that. I don't want to speak for anybody uh, for that here, but. Uh, Hopefully SAFC and RGV uh, will work out something pre-match. So uh, for that here. So next topic is yours. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> I was so, kind of uh, surfing, around, surfing around Facebook, and then I saw, hey, what the heck is this? <laughs> <laughs> so Perkins Five uh, report Spurs uh, Peter J Holt exploring possible purchase of Mexican soccer club. Uh, Carretero, I can never say it. FC, uh, he is one of the rumored uh, several potential buyers of the club. Um, uh, it would be interesting, uh, to see that here. It says, in addition, uh, uh, RC Buford is reporting among uh, possible ownership uh, group of the team here. Um, and it lines up with, uh, you know, if the report is true, it lines up with SE looking to expand the Spurs, Spurs brand. Outside of San Antonio, Holt possible owning a team uh, in Mexico will help that. Um, part of the the, the tie-in for uh, for the Spurs is that they are going to be playing uh, one game in Mexico City uh, for that here. Um, MLS decided to turn uh, turn down um, uh, the Spurs ownership, so looks like they are uh, going south of the border. Yeah, that's not nothing that makes interesting. Like, like Caretro is known as the, as the Gallos Blancos. I guess we're gonna end up becoming <laughs> turning into the the Blanc, Gatos Blancos. <laughs> Matt says there's two bidding on that. Do you have any idea who who's bidding on it? Or gonna no? be some better, they're gonna be some bidding down there, I, I think. But you know, if I'm Liga MX, you know, and they have Spurs Sports Entertainment in, in, interested in it, you probably want them to own the team. And I think what they're, you know, now here's a, here's a situation because we've heard rumors in the past, possibly Ligamec is looking into San Antonio as a, mar- you know, as, as playing, as having a team here. There is a fan base here. Like I said, everyone's a lot, a lot of people are familiar with Ligamec. He's here. The, the, oh, San Antonio is separate. Oh. Yeah. The, and the, the thing is, you know, maybe losing, losing out on, you know, with the, with the MLS. I think having a look at Mecca's teams that really kind of throws a little curveball to the to the Austin to the Austin area because there are a lot of Liga Mecca's fans there too that will make their way down here, and you got to you got to look at a Liga Mecca's too. You know, they they play in Champions League, Champions League. Hopefully, they'll get back in the local the That'd be great. Um, and then also remember the supposed merger with MLS and Liga Mecca's playing in the. 
and that's a possible and that's what i can and that's what maybe that's why they're reaching out and trying to get get that team robert it's weird that they want to buy that mess it's not it's not because they're going to be buying it low and rafa just hit on the point that i was going to make if there is a merger between liga mx and and um mls and mls if they already own a team what's to stop them from moving that team into the us at that point if it, if it's a merger yeah and and, and the, the one thing here like i said there is a fan base here yes and 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 also your close proximity to you know to the border, the valley. There's a lot of crazy Emily Mexican fans in the valley that come up here too. Um, you have you know Monterey, yeah, Torreon. Because if you look at this, look at the games that FCFC's had when they brought the like Pumas, they brought Querétaro, they brought Tigres, and they've brought you know uh, Santos. They've been really good matches there at Toyota Field. Mm-hmm. So the fan base is there and. I think having that, you know, that team here is really going to open the doors a lot as far as with soccer, soccer here in San Antonio, because we're going to be put on the map. This is just the possibilities are endless. And especially if that merger does occur, you know, now we have a rivalry game with Austin now that really kind of really means something. That probably means something. And it's, it's, I think the here, the games are going to be, you know, close as the sellouts and it's just exciting. And, and like, also think of the talent that they can bring in, you know, I know they're going to inherit the court at get the players who had nothing to do with that, with that crap that, that happened with the fans and this and that, you know, they're going to inherit those players and they're going to be able to buy some quality, some, you know, some, probably some big names that come down, you know, here to San Antonio and that's going to, you know, you know, attract more of those, you know, more of the fans that come to see. And then, like I said, who's not going to want to want to see Club America play here in San Antonio or Chivas or Santos or Tigres? Well, it's not even that. Is I don't have a Liga MX team. Mm-hmm. If if um, if SAFC partnered or you know became a sister team to you know you know, into a Liga MX team, I would have a, a, a rooting investment, a, a rooting interest in that team. Mm-hmm. The also the ability is one of the things that I've always talked about is how do we build the brand um, of SAFC, especially among the, the, the Spanish community, the Mexican community along those lines, this would, this would typically invest into that. You would have to think, mm-hmm. Um, because you can, you'd have to imagine that there's going to be advertisements both in Mexico and in the United States for both clubs. If, if they're tied, mm-hmm. if they're tied together, also the ability for the Academy kids, you know, to be able to go back and forth from the two, two academies to be able to, um, you know, play you down know, there, be able to play down there or then play up here. If you got somebody that's maybe not ready for Liga MX, but it, you know, I'm not sure what the division two level is compared to USL championship, which one's higher, you know, I guess depending it's about on a little bit same. So, but that might be something to where, you know, where if you have, if, if you, if, where it may be something that where 
it could give more opportunities going both ways. Um, I would like to see it. Um, number one, I think that would stop everybody from saying, oh, no, the Spurs have no interest in soccer. If they're investing in another soccer team, they're the odds of them saying, hey, we're uh, going to get rid of, of SAFC. I think that probably shuts that rumor down, I would I would think. Mm-hmm. And Matt says, plus we'll get true supporters groups, which, you know, <laughs> as as much as I love the Crocketeers, I'm part of the Crocketeers. It's not a traditional supporters group. You know, Mission City, Bear County Casuals, it was more that was more that that traditional, you know, supporters group, you know, that, that you know, but you're going to have a lot of those people here to be part of that. And that's, and that's, and that's the thing. If you watch any, any of Robert Mickey's- Holt is SS and E. Yeah. He, I believe he's the one that's in charge of SS and E. RC. Yeah. Buford said, yeah. It, now if he keeps the team in Mexico, um, I think I want to be, you know, I think for me, I'd bring the team here, but there's a whole legal action with the USA, United States Soccer Federation, but I think they can pull it off. But if they do, like I said, they are going to move the team out of Querétaro. Uh, where are they going to put them at? Um, it's going to be up in the air. I think you think they'll move them might, out? They, they're, they're getting punished for that, for what happened, and they're not going to have a team. And so they're going to oh, move wow. all the players. Yeah. So they're. I see Robert's saying he, they're, he's going to independently buy them, but he's going to tie into. He's going to tie into the spur the thing with the whole Spurs Sports Entertainment. You know, they may he may buy an independently, but they're going to have that. You know that connection. The only locations I if he's going to keep the team down there is probably going to be Veracruz, or it's going to maybe is be Morelia. Close to the border, any mm-hmm. areas that's close to the border. You know, those are the only probably the probably the closest areas, uh, maybe San Luis Potosí. But what they probably end up doing is, you know, do what the Spurs are doing. You know how they schedule four games, you know, away from the AT and T, um, is schedule a couple games or maybe exhibitions here in San Antonio to feature the team that start kind of a fan base. Because you never know, eventually they could end up. You know, if they see, hey, you know what, we're getting sellouts at these exhibition games. I think we need to move the team here, and that and that's a possibility. So it's a I can think him purchasing it's a win win for San Antonio because it just it just makes things a lot better soccer wise here for you know for this town and I mean having I mean I was part of a Liga MX team academy and you know we got a lot of recognition and so forth and kind of the name brand and here's a good way to build a name brand you know from you know from scratch. But the thing is, now you have a comp- now you give our neighbors up the up thirty five some competition, and which now you're playing in a league that's I'd say more legit, but a little bit more. It's got more recognition, you know. It's it's gonna attract, you know, a lot more fans, and and I think that I think that's what he's really I think exploring to, and well, if he he does he does get the get the team. So last topic's also yours. Uh, <laughs> Champion League and uh, Kylian Mbappe. Uh, both of those kind of Real Madrid related. Uh, one, one I'm assuming you're probably pretty happy about. Hopefully even more happier come Saturday. Yeah. One, uh, 
we'll just say you weren't very happy with. <laughs> let's just let's just say this: the best the 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 best player in the French national team is playing on Saturday. <laughs> the other one and the one that he's supposed is not playing. Um, I, I think you know watching a lot, especially like ESPN, ESPN, um, uh, FC. Some of those guys that you know make comment, you know, comments about Mbappe not going, and I, I think they were right. You know, you got to challenge yourself. I think he's just staying in the league that's too much he's too com- comfortable with. And I don't know if he felt that the pressure was too much, would be too much on him. Kind of like, I don't think he wanted to fail kind of like with Bale, kind of with the situation with Bale, maybe even with Eden Hazard. But Hazard has more to do with the injuries too. But I think he didn't want to have that responsibility in being the face of the team. And that's why I think he stayed in the little comfort zone there, plays a little farmers league, because they're not going to win Champions League. Uh, they don't. They just don't have the talent to win Champions League. They, they're not. You know, I don't think they can beat Liverpool. I don't it's think all they can about beat the draw, my friend. It's all yeah. about the draw. But because you, you look know at what? Liverpool's draw, mm-hmm. did they really I beat anybody? Disrespectful? Did they really beat anybody? Not really. But and Real Madrid I don't mean that disrespectful to to who they pl- who they played at all. Just yeah. you look at at the draw that that Real Madrid had, or you know, it it was it was a different level. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. I'll see some and of the. I don't like either one of these teams. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I know Liverpool's a favorite for Saturday, and like I said, I'm I'm hoping we do pull off and get the 14th championship and. I don't know. It, it seems like it's a team of destiny with all the the comebacks and. You know, but the one thing is, you got to give it to Carlos Ancelotti. He's he's a great he's a great manager. I mean, he's the only one to win um, a, cha- a championship in all the top five leagues. That says qual- you know the quality of coaching he has, and that, and I think also he's got the players believing, and and that's and that's something that can really kind of like help you into certainly these type of games and so forth. And, and I think Real Madrid is going to have something to prove. I know they're, like I said, they're not the favorite, but they have something to prove and I think they want to, and like I said, don't be surprised. to see a lot of another little comeback magic or something um, after this Saturday. And then hopefully they'll be lifting, lifting the trophy for the 14th time. So your prediction. Um. I think I think Real Madrid will pull it off to uh, maybe three two. I, I think we we get a comeback. You think this one will score? That won't be one of those. The thing that I don't like about finals is they tend to be very. I don't want to say defensive, but the, at least in the first half, they're not as exciting. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. It's, yeah. It's kind of like boxing. What it is. Yeah, you're out. filling it out, and they're off to a little bit slow. But, you know, 3 2, you know, I, I don't know who will win, to be honest with you. I, I don't. Watch I, Rodrigo I, win this game. He That's the guy they have to look out for. He's, he's, I think he's Mr. <laughs> Mr. Champions League right now because <laughs> he's been, he's been, he's been hot on those games. And, and uh, I know Vinicius, Vinicius has been playing great too. And, I was gonna say, gotta give it up for Benzema. He's gonna, he's he's gonna win the Ballon the Oro. He's been the best player in FIFA. I know Lewandowski's got all the goals and all that, but 
Benzema at 34, his, he's really elevated his game mm-hmm. and he's carrying this team. And, and, you know, I know that I know they had that bad loss with Barcelona because he didn't play that game. Had he played that game, I think the result would have been different. No, but, Barcelona's better, my friend. No, <laughs> and they're <laughs> especially when they're broke. But luckily, like, like I said, as a, as a consolation for Real Madrid, they did sign a another French player uh, from Monaco. I think Aurelien can't pronounce his last name. He's going to be something special too, and, and I think they've already kind of solidified their midfield. So once the big three with Modric, Casemiro, and Cruz move on. Um, they got Valverde, uh, Camavingas, but that's another kid, they, they 18 years old. He's been, he's just been lights out, and and Chelotti's like like happy having that signing. So, Robert's got it three one, Liverpool. Just remember, Salah doesn't play well in the finals. He always gets hurt. But remember, Sergio Ramos is not playing in this game. He is oh, in France. Oh. To me, just look at the run. You look at the playoffs that they had. They went through PSG. They went through Chelsea. They went through Man City compared to Liverpool went through what Inter, uh, Benfica, and uh, Villarreal. Yeah, they didn't play quality teams. And that and that could, like I said, it's like kind of like I mentioned about the high school stages. You don't play, you play a bunch of cream puffs. Is gonna haunt you back in the playoffs, and they, they, this 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 could come back to them. I think, like I said, Real Madrid is battle tested. Now, also remember, they got those thirteen championships, and and like I said, Ancelotti's been in finals already. He's won a couple of them already. Um, Robert's already co- confirming a red card <laughs> for Ramos. <laughs> Actually, here's the funny fact: Real Madrid did not get a red card this year. This is the first time they've done it since like 1983 or something. <laughs> <laughs> so the Ramos factor is is not affecting on it. Hopefully, like I said, hopefully Alaba kind of steps it up there. He's hopefully he'll be back ready to go. So I asked this question um, to hardcore uh, podcasts that that our buddies Phil and Mika do uh, that also do the seriously loco. I'm going to take Real Madrid off of off of the table here for you, uh, just because I know you're a Real Madrid fan and you'd probably pick uh, pick them. But who is Rafa's European team of the year if you had to pick one out of the big leagues in Europe? I think Liverpool. I mean, they've won. They've. I mean, they've won those two, you know, those cup trophies. You know, two of them. Um, mm-hmm. They did not win the Premier League, though. They nope. came up short. Yeah, which they, I'm surprised. And at. you're predicting that they're going to come up short in the Champions League. Mm. So yeah, Liverpool's I mean, interesting. Yeah, I think it's they've a good been, shout. See, it's a good shout. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. So, like, like man, like Man City. You know, I don't with think all man that City is because they choked. In, they choked in Champions yeah, League. Yeah, all that money that they have, you know, they just can't really. Now here's the thing. I know they're gonna get uh, Erlen Holland. Is he gonna be the the difference maker for? Na- I for think them he does. I, I, I because I, they I, don't have a striker. You give them a striker up top. That's a different option uh, for them. What I don't know. I don't know if he's accustomed to playing the Premier League. I think he may have trouble playing in in, in that in Premier League. Because he's he's gonna be targeted a lot. But it's Man City though, but 
you know, if you look, you know, you're looking at teams like, you know, you know, like, like Tottenham, Chelsea, you know, you got to look out for also Newcastle United because they're going to have a bunch of money. That's, to buy that's, players. that's, that's yeah. That, that's I think it's rougher road. Yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a, it's going to be a lot rougher for him than playing in the Bundesliga because the Bundesliga, there's only two or three teams, which is Bayern Munich, Dortmund, and maybe um, Frankfurt because they won the, the 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 Europa League and so forth, but is, is he going to be able to adjust? We'll see. I don't know if he even fits uh, Guardiola's system. I think he's more. He fits more. He's more of a run and gun type of forward, and that's what he. That's what Dortmund was. So I don't know if he really fits their system. And I, he probably would have been better off playing maybe. Um, like a, either Tottenham or I know Chelsea needs a Ford because you know Chelsea's, I know they're gonna yeah, Chelsea's yeah, gonna, they're gonna they're be going done. through some uh, changes. Wrong, I have a feeling yeah. this off season. Yeah. So final thought, uh, I got one. I'm gonna end the show on a positive uh, for here. But uh, any final thoughts that you have? Nah, just well, as far as final thoughts, like I said, back to like I said, you know, prayers to, to the people that are involved in. But I'm just looking forward for this, you know, weekend for soccer SAFC with the Copa Tejas, you know, Champions League, um, um, uh, international soccer. Mexico's playing Nigeria at at Texas State at, at Jerry's World. Nobody cares. Uh, I don't know why they're playing there. Every time they play there, somebody gets hurt. I wish they'd play somewhere else play Houston or play here don't play in Dallas anymore uh, so I, I think we're going to start seeing a lot, a lot more international games for preparation oh that's right there is got, U.S. soccer coming on too right yeah, yeah they're supposed to be playing coming on this June 1st yep against who is this Mar? I think they had the champion, like the, the League of Nations or something, pretty soon. No, the U.S. Men's National Team. Um, I know the League of Nations friendly. is coming up in the summer. Then, so June first, they play. Was it Mark? I'm trying to see who the heck this is. Marnique. Marnique. Yeah. So they play them on June first in Cincinnati. June fifth, they play Uruguay as a friendly, and then That's June tenth, they play what Granada uh, and Austin on June tenth, and then June fourteenth, uh, uh, El Salvador. That one's in El Salvador, and then yeah, that's it. That's it until end of June. That, I think it's September. They may play in Brazil and Argentina. I believe, um, I think I know Mexico's playing Brazil sometime in September. I think that game's going to be in Las Vegas. But I think yeah. since if Brazil's going to be here, more likely the U.S. is going to play them somewhere. So we need to brush up on our international. We need to see if we can recruit somebody that's uh, international uh, as well. No, no cares about the U.S. bus being parked. Uh, well, English <laughs> isn't your strong site there, Matt, but. Uh, uh, the parking the bus, <laughs> uh, Robert. I know a few Nigerian kings who said uh, I have a hidden herance and email uh, and social security <laughs> away from retirement. Yeah, click on that link, buddy. <laughs> so my final thought here. Um, oh shoot, 
that. Da, 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 da. I need to set this back up here. Oh, what did I do? Is our buddy James Hope. He is part of the Urban Champions Academy here in San Antonio. And his U19 boys uh, recently won the South Texas Presidents Cup and will uh, represent South Texas in the regional finals in Frisco, June 14th, 19th against other regional state champions from the 13 states of Region 3. Um, and he talks about as an inner city soccer program of 65% of our student athletes um, at poverty level below. It's a six day financial event is draining. So they are asking for some assistance. If you follow James uh, at jhopehope16, uh, he has a link uh, May 26th uh, at 3.53 and a GoFundMe page of uh, Fulfilling the Dream of a Champion uh, for that here. If you if if you can, um, and Rafa can kind of go into, you know, you know, I've never coached on this. Uh, I know this is James uh, um, James Love, uh, you know, helping these young kids out, helping them, mentoring them. I know he posted on here that, you know, the players must maintain a B average if they want to get academic scholarships. So uh, James is one of those great role models, uh, you know, that, you know, he provides that foundation uh, for that here. So, um, you know, and, and in there they've got a, uh, you know, breakdown of the amount that they're asking for here. Uh, so if you can donate, please uh, check out his his stuff here. Um, I did invite James uh, very, very last minute uh, on here. And unfortunately, I don't think he got it. He's probably out, out on the pitch for that here because this was a last minute show. But um, with all the stuff that's going on in, in Uvalde, um, just, you know, how, you know, life is short. You know, it's, you know, no matter no matter what, you know, what the exit reason is when your alarm clock up is, is you know, when the alarm goes off, the alarm goes off for us. Um, so, uh, you know, maybe you can kind of explain a little bit, you know, what it means for, you know, number one for the Academy, but more importantly for, you know, for these young boys uh, to be able to go and play in, in a tournament along those lines and, and winning uh, the, what was it? The, the South Texas presence cup and, and what that sure. kind of means here. That's it means a lot. I mean, to especially like I said, I when I coached club, I had a say, interesting players, and you know, I was able to win one a while back. You know, it's it's a good feeling, and and also it, it it showcases the talent that we have, in you know, within that area, and they're going to be playing some of the best teams around that region, and it's, as I say, it's a great opportunity for these kids, and hopefully, maybe they someone get. To get spotted, of her, hopefully playing on the next level too. You know, it's so good luck to them. And like I said, if you can, you know, donate. You know, it's a, it's a great, like I said, it's a great cause for them because it's for them. You know, uh, to build the soccer program and also to help these kids. You know, hopefully they'll, you know, hopefully they win it all. You know, <laughs> you never know. Like I said, we can, they can bring a championship back to San Antonio. Maybe even get to end up going to the national finals and so forth. So. So just when they have the time, just like I said, send a donation in, and you know, good luck to them, and hopefully, hopefully they'll bring some hardware back. Yeah, and, and and to me, it's it's you know, it's I, I know there's money's tight, you know, you know, for everybody, uh, but if if you can, like I said here, uh, to me, what what a great accomplishment uh, um, it would be for 
you know, for these kids to go up and represent uh, San Antonio and, and to be able to, number one, just experience, um, you know, for that, you know, I've talked to James a lot of times on these, a lot of times these kids don't have the same sport system that, that we provide and an AJ, you know, along those lines here. Um, you know, I, you know, if you, if you know, James, you know, half the time he's getting players to and from practices, you know, just because uh, their families can't because they're working. So mm-hmm. if you can, you know, help out James and, and the urban champions Academy, uh, please do. Uh, like I said here, it's, it's, uh, to me, you know, for these boys being able to do what they did is, is a great accomplishment. And, and to me, it's investing in their future, um, you know, along those lines, uh, you know, for that here. So, uh, yes, Robert, uh, South Texas asked DCFC about the talent. Yes, uh, they are enjoying, uh, the South Texas talent, uh, as you know, through there here. So for me, uh, like I said here, no way to end the show. Um, you know, what's life without goals, but um, the show is hard to do just because, you know, everybody's thoughts are, are with Uvalde. And um, if you take the hour or so to listen to this, thank you. Um, like I said here, just make sure you hug your loved ones uh, for that here. Um, enjoy the soccer this weekend. Uh, you know, Champions League, I guess that's kind of a bigger game than SAFC and RGV, but uh, it's still we'll a big see. game. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to lose that. Ragnar writes to Edson. <laughs> yeah, Edson, we love you, man. Uh, and sorry we couldn't connect uh, with you uh, as well. And Robert, uh, like I said here, um, you know, uh, you know, I'll definitely take you home. Uh, like I said here, there's no sense since we're going to be getting off the bus at the same time. Assuming that you can uh, you can drive us uh, get us back home safely. Uh, but thank you guys for tuning in. I uh, love you. Thank you, Robert, Matt, um, you know, for the, for the chit chats. Thank you, Julie. Uh, we'll need to get uh, a little bit more details on, uh, you know, why Del Rio needs a uh, Rafa back. So I'm not sure if we're ready to give him up, but, uh, thank you for everybody tuning in. Uh, like I said, please hugs, you know, give your kids hugs and kisses. And, and like I said here, as well as any of your loved ones, but thank you.